Hello and welcome to another edition of the Leaders Performance Podcast. My name is John Porch and I'm the editor at the Leaders Performance Institute. I hope you're well wherever you happen to be listening in the world today. And today my guest is former rugby player George Cruz, who played lock for Saracens, England and the British and Irish Lions. The overarching theme for today's episode is George's transition from his playing to post-playing career. George won three European Cups and four Premierships with Saracens, and amassed 45 England caps and played at two World Cups. He retired earlier this year after 14 years at the top of the game. George ended his career at the Saitama Wild Knights in Japan, and it was a two-year stint we discussed during our conversation. We also discussed at length his work with 4-5, the company he founded with former Saracens teammate Dominic Day in 2018, while he was still doing the day job. 4-5 is a CBD and vitamin brand for active people, which is stocked in stores in the UK such as Boots and Tesco and it is the official wellness provider to a number of sports organizations too. If you have any questions about 4 or 5 Audio products, George invites you to drop 4 or 5 a line via their homepage. And before we get into all that, I wanted to remind you of some forthcoming meets here at the Leaders Performance Institute. And if you're quick in listening to this, and I'm talking on Thursday the 15th of September, today we have the second installment of our performance support series with Leaders Performance Advisor Dave Fletcher, who is taking a cohort of Leaders Performance Institute members through his series on the practicalities of evolving team culture. Keep an eye out on the hub for the summary notes if you're listening after the 15th. Then on the 21st and 22nd of September, we have our Leaders Meet Interdisciplinary Performance Support Summit at Loughborough University here in the UK. On the 11th of October, we have a virtual roundtable looking at where we are innovating with our organisations and how. And last, but definitely not least, we have our Leaders Sport Performance Summit coming up on the 15th and 16th of November at London's Twickenham Stadium. Members, keep an eye on your inbox and social channels for updates on speakers. And the team and I look forward to seeing many of you there at the home of English Rugby Union. So there's plenty going on around the Institute. And remember, if you're interested in becoming a member, visit leadersinsport.com. Right, let's get into the chat. George, welcome to the Leaders Performance Podcast. Thank you very much for, for having me on. Now, it's great to have you here, and I wanted to begin by asking you about what a typical week looks like now that you've finished playing. How does it differ? It very, it's very different. Um, I'd say, like, clearly the, 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 the sports section, especially once you're into season, like, you do get a lot of days off. You, you know, it's, it's probably much about performance in terms of recovery as much as, like, you know, learning and getting on with some graft, but... I think uh, in office, uh, we're in two days a week. Uh, we're up in St Albans and we work from home three days a week. So I'll probably, yeah, I'll probably spend one of those days like doing business bits in London uh, and, the, and the other two sort of at home grafting, but very different. Uh, obviously, I think owning your own business, I can quickly sort of realizing that you like it's endless. If you want to like keep pushing it, you know, you, you can, there's always more opportunities you can go after. So. I think the big thing for me, and, and even when sort of back in the, the planning of retirement phase, um, was trying to like put in some boundaries for, you know, for your own time, make sure you got enough time for, um, you know, to do stuff outside of just business. Because I think we're like once you're in, once you're in something, especially maybe been a, a sports player who, you know, uh, prides himself probably on, on a bit more hard work. I think once you're in the groove of something, it can, you can get pretty uh, addicted to it. So um, yeah, it's it's full on definitely. Um, but it's fun like it is it is fun I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying it I can imagine and yeah. 
You mentioned your business there, 4-5, which you co-founded in 2018 with Dominic Day, your former Saracens teammate. Yeah. So that's obviously four years ago now. How soon or how early were you thinking about your post-playing career? Ooh, um, I'd say it probably wasn't me thinking about it. It was the, it was the club I was at thinking about it. Um, they did, so I was at a, a club called Saracens um, for sort of 13, 14 years. Uh, and I went there straight from school, so it wasn't like maybe the academy section where you might you might have had some some people in there since kind of your thirteens, fourteens era. Um, I was in. I went straight from school, um, but really from there, uh, they made everyone who was under twenty five or something do something. So whether it was a trades course, it was a, uh, a university degree, sort of um, one day a week at. You know, uh, shadowing someone, they they are really proactive, especially like that's sort of ten. That was ten, 13, fourteen years ago or so. That was very proactive for a club, um, and I think, yeah, that that planted the seed uh, in terms of the, like bringing that further forward. Uh, when I realised I probably want to do something outside of of rugby, yeah, probably about about six six years ago or so. So when you know this the opportunity with four or five came along, um, yeah, I was, I was very much ready to. To, to jump in on that. So were Saracens ahead of the game in terms of English rugby, in terms of supporting your well-being, your welfare, your extracurricular activities? How did they approach it? Yeah, I, I'd 100% agree. Like we would definitely, we'd have got ribbed a, a good bit uh, back in the day in terms of like, um, you know, all the, the extras that they're, they're chucking. And I know obviously there's there's things with like salary cap um, that have, that have come, come out. Um, but in terms of like, the cultural piece and and making sure like the education piece was there, uh, yeah, they they were they were very far down the line, um, and it was it was driven probably by a guy called Brendan Venter who was there, kind of again he is he's like he's a doctor but he's also a number of different things and he's he's a person who, who values education, um, but I think from a from a smart point of view like if you can keep a player at your club longer, you can you you know you can work with them you can make them better you can grow that group but just like in business, if you know you're constantly having transition, you've got to get people used to your system, used to your, I don't know, the, the way people work in the office or whatever. And I think the longer you can keep a group together, uh, the better that group can be. And you know, you, some will drop by the wayside. So you'll you'll pick up some and recruit some if you've got a good recruiting team. But the the longer you can, and we we were, I think we did we did well because we kept a group together for a long period of time. But I think to keep that group together, you need to have things that kind of fix them in place. And I think education was one. So, like, you know, you sign up to a, a degree and that might take you four years. But if they're helping to pay for that degree and, and like helping you mentor and like keep 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 helping you with that degree, um, then those sort of things, much like if you set up a business and they help within the business and sort of uh, give you mentors, give you contacts, all those sort of things, then you, you feel a bit more settled in the place and you you know your roots are a little bit deeper and then you know when a club comes along and gives you 50 or 100k more to, to move it's like well it's actually not worth worth it in the fact that you're pretty settled so I think that is like the wider picture of of what actually went quite well in terms of it built a bit of a culture but definitely like you felt more you felt more deep-rooted it was harder to leave basically um, and as a result you stay around and you know your team can improve and do you think that was more by design than chance? Oh, definitely design, yeah. I'd say. Um, you know, they went about creating a, a good culture, but I know culture gets banded about. It's, it's quite like a... Yeah, I, I think 
Yeah, if you've got a good culture, then you you know you can win a, a trophy, but you can also win a number of more trophies. Um, I think you know you could probably wing it and get a trophy at some point or so on. But um, if you've got a strong culture, you you know you, you tend to start winning a few on the bounce type thing. Um, yeah, I, I I think they just treat the players very well. That's, that's what they did, um, and that that showed in a number of different ways, like having a, a crash for the kids, those sort of things, like quite forward thinking things which like alleviate all the stress from like a player's life basically to to be able to focus a bit more on their job or you know their own sort of stuff outside of rugby as well and based on what you know how did that compare with other clubs in the premiership when you joined up mm. with england did you have conversations with teammates and yeah. how did their experience differ from yours yeah like it, yeah that's what i said like we, we, we definitely got ribbed for a bit um you know and there's things like We'd have got iPads with all the stuff in the right area on the right app, with an app. You know, it's all there, so it's like it's definitely like hand holding a bit. But you know, those those sort of things made made a big difference over time um, and allowed you to, like I said, focus on some of the bigger picture stuff. But yeah, you we'd have got a good bit of ribbon, uh, and there was a good understanding that you know there were a couple of clubs doing it pretty well, um, and like having listened to. Maybe people come in from outside environments and and come to Saris or at that at that period, uh, they were you know pretty blown away by by the off field support and you know we'd go on a lot of trips, we'd go on a lot of team bonding trips and all those sort of things which like they add up in terms of your the enjoyment of the journey you're on because um, I know sometimes it can be very focused on look let's try and win this trophy and you know if you focus on that all year and then you don't get it it's pretty uh, you know there's you kind of think, oh, I've wasted a year. But if there's like four trips in the year to different places, and you're team bonding, and you're working on a degree, and you know, and then you do or don't win the trophy, there's you got substance behind the rest of that year, which which I've been yeah very very grateful to definitely been a part of. But that ribbon that came at a time when Saracens were winning European trophies, you were winning premierships. Do you think part of it was rooted in say envy, or was it more misunderstanding? Um, a bit, a, a bit of both, a, a, a bit of both. But I think like some of it was, you know, um, when you look at like salary cap pieces, we, you know, obviously we went over the salary cap with a, a few times, uh, and we got punished for that a couple of years ago. Um, but I think like the 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 way that what was happening, I think, which was um, which was like a lot of clubs have subsequently taken like. The blueprint from that was that they were looking after the players unbelievably well. Um, there were trips, there were you know the, the education pieces and so on. So I think definitely clubs have seen that that is worthwhile instead of that sort of real old school culture of like uh, you know you're really crap at this. You gotta get like that hard coach effect. Uh, I think you know times are changing, and I think those sort of where you like look after it's not tough love. You know it's like calculated culture you know it, like that that whole scenery has changed definitely um and i'd say um i'd say it's probably changing even quicker now with all the the covid and the you know people um taking i say mental health a bit more seriously but you know all the the bits that go with that as well and going back to 2018 and the beginning of your involvement with four or five and working with dom mm. how did it come about can you paint a picture there for us? Yeah, like, pretty simple story. Like um, 2018, uh, I had a ankle op. Dom had a knee op in 2018 at the beginning, but also at the same time at the beginning of 2018, 
uh, CBD, which is a, um, it's like a byproduct of, of a hemp plant or a cannabis plant, um, became legal on WADA. Um, uh, and then really it was a case of like trying to find products that, you know, we as tested athletes, we were pretty comfortable with, couldn't really find that too, man too many of them. Um, and off the back, created our own sort of brand, um, got it very highly tested by a banned substance control group. Um, and then sort of fast forward, maybe two years, we started looking at different products that we were taking. So things like uh, wellness products and, you know, the ones which we were taking sort of hard capsules, pretty uh, inefficient in terms of getting uh, bioavailable, bio getting absorption, all that sort of stuff. Um, so then created a, a nice little tidy, I guess, daily wellness range. Um, and then I fast forward, we're, we launched in Tesco's last week, which is cool, uh, in Boots, um, and our like wellness providers to a number of sports teams. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's all getting a bit, uh, it's all getting quite hectic, which is quite fun. Yeah, onwards and upwards as well, onwards right? Onwards and upwards, yeah. And how does your work dovetail with Dom's? What does he do and what mm. do you do specifically? Uh, he, he's more retail side um, and I'll be more sort of uh, network investors, um, a bit more like partnerships sort of bits. So I'll be more maybe front facing. He's, he's more on the, um, yeah, like I said, on the, on the retail. And is there anything about your rugby career that prepares you for that kind of thing? I mean, we always hear players <laughs> yeah. and coaches talking at corporate events, but is there genuinely yeah. anything you can take from that playing experience into the yeah. current day job? It's like, there's heaps you can take, but then also there's just heaps which are so unprepared for. Like, like I said, like, I think athletes are very, I, I speak for definitely rugby, probably cricket, um, I'd say football, very, like they're looked after hard. Like they are um, handheld. They don't like, the amount of faces you see is not that many, really. You're very much in a bubble. Um, you. And that's why I think like encouraging people to do stuff outside, you, you get, you know, you meet different people, you get different people's opinions, what a nine to five is like, what someone in a different sort of setting is like, and you definitely learn skills. So that like this period from like when I've, uh, I guess the initial period of, of 18 to 28 when we started our company uh, and then going from uh, when we started the company, so the last four years, the growth I've seen definitely in terms of the amount of people I've met, um, the skills that I've had to like own and grow uh, have been huge uh, and then also now having retired that like, I guess that third section of like I still feel deeply underdeveloped in a load of different areas but like we are very developed in a lot of other areas so um, I think the ability to take feedback on uh, obviously getting <laughs> getting hounded by coaches sort of weekly uh, and that, that 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 feedback loop having to be quite quick because obviously you if you miss a tackle because your technique's off on one week, then you're going to be working on that and you're going to try to fix it for the following weekend. Like that feedback loop's quite quick. And I think, I think, I think as sports people, we do well in terms of taking that on board. Um, so coming into a business point of view, you know, being able to say, being able to accept feedback and say like, you know, if you're very good in affiliate marketing, you, you, you telling me that, okay, well, our program is pretty weak and we need to work on this, this and this, like, I'd imagine maybe some people might get their heckles up, but I'd, I'd definitely take that on board as all right. Well, actually, we need to fix it. Quite quite practical. Um, I think that's something which is which is very. Uh, it is whether you say it's a, there's a talent, it's, a, it's just a trait, I guess, of of the environment we're in, um, and I think that's that's good. Uh, probably people skills is also another one, but you're right. Like most most people, 
who start a company, um, their might their background will be in finance. It will be in marketing. It might be in you know product development. It won't necessarily be in um, you know uh, how how good is your ability to catch a ball in a line out. You know, it's like it's, of course. that doesn't really transfer. But uh, yeah, there's there's heaps of like I guess social skills maybe. Um, uh, and like le- the ability to learn and fast track that learning, I think is is pretty good. Uh, and there's all the, the the team aspects as well. But yeah, it's it's been a, a definitely been a shock in terms of how much like we're we're learning, how many stupid mistakes we've made looking back now. But even still, like I'll probably look back in six months time and go, oh, what was I doing there? Still, like you, there is a constant growth, and I think that's probably reflected in our in our business as well. Like we, I think we're just starting to get things a bit together, which is quite nice. And why was this type of work right for you as opposed to something else? You could have done a million and yeah. one things coming out of rugby. Um, why was it right for me? It's probably right for me because I've got a passion in it. Like, I think, you know, you can maybe force yourself into things. You can maybe do what maybe a lot of sports people do, which would be not do a lot in their career and then suddenly realize I've got to do something quickly and like, you know, have your hand forced. Uh, I think for me, it was a case of, like I'd settled in for, for for three years before I retired, so uh, I was highly passionate about it. I think I, it's still in the sports and wellness space, which again is something I'm very interested in. Um, and ultimately, it's that it's meeting people, it's learning. I, I, I'm definitely a, a curious sort of person. I'm quite led by experiences, um, by learning, and and that's that's yeah. I'd, I'd round that up with with saying that's probably the the thing that drew drew me to it. And I'm sure our listeners will be curious to know how you combined getting four or five off the ground with mm. your rugby career. How did you combine yeah. both at the time? Yeah, well, you, you see, it's like quite a myth that um, people think that sports players are like they're training 24-7 and it's like everything's like tough grind. It is tough grind. Um, but like I said, in season, like, rub, like sports have changed to recovery is, is one of the biggest things going, you know, in season. And that's not only it's not only physical I think definitely we've gone through stages of like probably there's a huge generalisation but I'd say coaches maybe 15 years ago would be like smash everything out like more is more more is better then it's like okay well actually players need to recover the benefit in, in career longevity and so on uh, huge emphasis on recovery uh, and then now I think like the next phase is huge emphasis on like mental recovery as well as physical re- recovery so in terms of, sorry, I'm going way, way a long way around to say, basically, athletes, we've got a long, we've got a lot of time off. Like, you'll have two and a half, maybe three days off in a week to for a down period. And that's like, you know, you can obviously do the standard things of go coffee with the guys, play lots of PlayStation, do all those sort of things, walk your dog, or you can, like, do one day a week in a, you know, tr- shadowing a teacher if you want to be a teacher or... A, a, a trader if you want to be a trader or whatever so I think um, there is heaps of time and, and for me it was just about getting stuck into something early enough and then like watching that sort of snowball a bit And how did your time working with the Rugby Players Association and the England Players Board impact the development of 4 or 5 and your thinking about the business? Again like, like I said earlier it's like you, as a player you're very like you probably meet there'll be like a group of 50, 60 people, which will like be your coaches, your physios, your teammates, which you'll spend like 95% of the time with. You're so like, it is very, um, 
like you're in a bubble you're in a huge bubble and everything's around geared around performance and so on i think doing those sort of uh, rpa things are part of the the uh, player welfare uh, boards uh, opens up your eyes to you know what people should be doing off field like you know all the the, the money structures within um, you know the, the commercial bits um, but that like yeah pl player welfare in total I think for me it was it was something I, again I was, I was quite passionate about um, and I think is really important I think you see the burnout level of of athletes at the moment is very high the stats based off you know people retiring is like in terms of depression and um, bankruptcy all those sort of things it is extremely high um, higher than your your average sort of your average person um, so for me that was a, a worthy thing to you know get stuck into and after 12 13 years at Saracens you moved to Japan with the Saitama Wild Knights yeah how did those two seasons in Japan influence yeah. your thinking around what you're doing at the moment so I went to uh, I went to the World Cup in 2019 in Japan um, and like maybe a couple of years before that I'd spoken about to uh, Eddie Jones the England coach I've spoken to our Saris coach around like when I'm 30 I want to be I want like I'm gi I was giving them a heads up that when I'm 30 I, I was going to do something different um, and I think I think with that all in mind I was like I had a I was I was, like I said, I'm quite experience based, so I I was so excited to do something different, um, and I went for one year, ended up staying for for two, and then you know the third was like I'm an hiring whether I do it or or jump into business. So um, Japan as a whole was that proper experience, like like I talked about that bubble, like it it, it kind of blew the bubble up, I guess. Like it, it was, you know, you meet you meet a number of different countries uh, in terms of well, players from countries, so. South Africa, Aussies, Kiwis, but then obviously also you know Japanese, which is a huge language barrier. There's a, you know, the food's different. The the hierarchy's extremely different. The the like, mannerism, the, the way you've got to you know conduct yourself. Um, the league's different. The game's different. So for me, it was just like, I guess an, an abuse on on the senses, which I which I loved. It was it was something completely different and. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd I'd strongly recommend like players doing that. Um, I think from a burnout point of view, you look at maybe someone like Joe Marchant, who's he's a young Quinns player. Um, you know, was on the edge of and and had played some England caps. Went to New Zealand. Uh, is now coming back. You know, and he is now still playing for England and, and getting caps there. So it's like, but he's had an experience. Um, you know, and he'll have taken a bit of a break from the game, and you know. Is, physical mental health would be you know all the better for it as well as you know being in a different sort of completely different environment and learning so yeah I would um I would encourage it big time it definitely helped me uh, but I think in terms of business point of view it's just more it's just you know more opinions more views different ways of looking at stuff um, and yeah, it puts you outside your box a little bit which you know you can you can then at some point relate to, you know, from an experience back in, say, Japan of, of just having a bit more confidence to do something different or, or so on. I, I think the biggest thing is, like, having done that, uh, and I'm not I'm not saying, oh, like, oh travel, I've, I've travelled. Like, I think having done that, uh, it, it's made it's made the the ideas in my head of, of terms of like, oh, I'd love to do this so much, like, easier or I've been so much more confident to be able to make those decisions to go like oh yeah that's fine like I shouldn't be worrying about that like it's does that make sense yeah absolutely so like lowers the the level of 
concern you have about doing other things, uh, having lived in you know a, a completely different country, which you know half half your teammates don't speak English type thing. Like it, it definitely it lowers that sort of the barrier to to entry for for other either activities, business, whatever it is. Um, yeah, that's what I'd say. Yeah, well, you stepped out of your comfort zone, didn't you? That I mean, I've spent about five minutes saying you you rounded up in three words, yeah, four, <laughs> four, five, whatever it is, whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And do you think that going to Japan actually extended your playing career? Oh, if I wanted to, yeah, definitely. Like I played half half the minutes and and definitely half the load. Like I, in in England, I could have done thirty between thirty and thirty five games uh, in in my position as well, sort of second row. I'll probably be playing 60 to 80 minutes, you know, like locked in. Um, so there, yeah, I'd like, I left at 120 kgs. Uh, you know, I was playing in Japan at 110. So, you know, even jumping six foot and then getting dropped out the air, you know, t in terms of pain on ankles and so on. Like the the difference when you add everything up is, is mad. And the off season sort of five months rather than like a month and maybe a quarter. So like yeah, it, it was substantial and, and something that I I've really really enjoyed it, and it was I guess part of the decision was going there was to give me a bit more time to do off field stuff like uh, like four five. Oh, you said the club bent mm. over backwards for you, mm. and you you really felt that. Yeah, I've I've been very very lucky in having uh, Saris and um, Wild Knights. I think they were, you know, a pretty well rounded club in terms of sorting the expats out and sorting. Uh, sorting all that side of it uh, they also helped out in any sort of business bits I needed as well like if I really needed to make a call or something they'd you know allow me to they'd give me a bit of grace as well on, on that side um, but yeah like it's yeah, I've, like I said I've been pretty happy on, on, the, on the playing side and how and in what ways is your work with 4 or 5 helping you to support the transition of players coming out of rugby We've got a good group. We've got sort of ten plus. Um, I'd, I'd say, uh, well, ten plus in, international athletes invested in the company. Um, but we've we've got a lot of like ambassadors, um, and, and we've been very lucky in in like our shareholder base. We've got probably forty to forty five shareholders, all of which are very interested in sort of helping athletes transition uh helping that sort of you know they're, they're they affiliate with sport they like sport um and they um you know they, they like to see that that process sort of turned into business as well so yeah i think we've got a combination of we've got a great bunch of um investors uh and we've got a really good strong base of ambassadors which we try and link up you know if someone's if someone's missing a contact in you know, a, a financial advisor, then we've got a financial, if they're an accountant, then we've got an accountant who, you know, does 160 athletes, you know. So, so just trying to pair people up with, I guess, trusted people, because that's sometimes, I guess as an athlete, you, <laughs> I mean, you can absolutely be taken for a mug because, you know, you don't have the skills to assess, like, you know, is this guy actually good at his job? Is he not good at his job? Or, or woman good at his job? And, and then, uh, and make those decisions. So you can be taken for a ride. So I think, or a bare minimum, we just want to you know tie up people with trusted people who do a good job. Um, but as a you know as a as a maximum, we want to be helping supporting you know people transition 100%. And I want to ask you about English rugby and your reflections on the game. 
What do you think English rugby does well when it comes to assisting players in their post-playing careers? Uh, I'll tell you what they do well, or, or are starting to do really well, is they're now they're taking a really good um, sort of approach on this. On this, I think a big thing in England in the last say five years has been like leadership uh, and how they can grow that. Uh, and it's been well documented, and I think what they're doing very well is is bringing in leaders from different disciplines. You know, people who are very very good at their, their roles, uh, and you know, doing little workshops with them, uh, but. That also ties up. It's not just like the leadership there. It ties up into, okay, well, uh, they've got contacts in these if you want to start a shop or if you want to do this or that. Um, so there's a huge piece there they're working on at the moment um, in terms of that, play, that player transition and making sure that you're you're ready for it. But in turn, it opens up that, you know, it bursts the bubble in terms of, you know, making sure that they're speaking to different people and it's not just so insular. Um, I think that's a, that's a huge thing. And what do you feel English rugby could be doing better for its players? Ooh, uh, uh, I, I think like the whole it's, it might not just be English rub, England England rugby. It's just English rugby in general. Like there's probably there's too many games played at the moment. Um, like you can't be playing with how physical the sport is. You can't be playing sort of thirty five games a year. Or, so I think um, you know if you could drop that. You look at maybe like Ireland. They they have the rights on their international players, and they can pull them back. They can you know they, so they go to Leinster and say no, nah, look, we don't really want them playing this week or this week, but we'd want to see them like you know build up in the next three weeks to these games, which coincide with a, a building program for you know the the international games. So I think there there, there could be a, a um, could definitely be a, a bit more done on that uh, in terms of just playing minutes. But it is like you've got to please the RFU, the PRL, and and you know and the club. So it is quite segmented. I think in places like Ireland and, and Wales, they've got more control over that. So, but then also that comes with you know drawbacks as well. So I'd say if they can cut it to like 25, 28 games a year, that'd be pretty nice. Like those sort of three or four more weeks make would make a huge difference. And do you have any recommendations for current players who are thinking about their transition, whether it's upcoming? Or further down the line, um, I think just get started on something. Like even if it fails or doesn't fail, the, the benefit of the benefit of like doing it and like getting yourself out of that comfort zone is is really really well worth it. Uh, I think it can help. Um, it can help your rugby. I think people get a bit scared around like oh well I got they maybe hide behind the fact that they've got to do business. That sorry they've got to do sport like. They've got to live and breathe it, but um, they do. But there are so many more benefits to like knowing that you've maybe got something planned for when you retire. No, like that sort of um, that knowledge that you've got something ready, or you're at least 50, 60, 70 percent lined up to do something else. Um, it's is a lot easier on the mind, and you know, and it allows you to you know retire maybe when you want to retire instead of doing that extra one two years and then your body goes and then your mind goes um yeah i'd say just just start something to be honest it's, it's, and like it's not that's not advice that none of us like we weren't given i think we were all given it and i think sometimes you just be like oh yeah sweet like I'm like yeah all right brilliant like because that old there's probably the older player coming in who probably might be not me now being like, oh you should do this you should do this but 
how many times is it, it's quite hard to get that cut through isn't it so how many times does a player in the mix in the moment actually listen and go oh right, yeah you're probably right I do think now with Covid with everything with you know the fact that there's probably a, a surplus of players this year um, I think people are now like realising actually oh, I need to do stuff off field I need to be prepared um, but yeah I, I think that whole that whole process is changing definitely and what advice do you have for coaches so that they can better support their players? Uh, this is in- uh, this is an interesting one. Uh, like it all, it all comes down to bu- to budgets, really. And I think if you're short short sighted, then you'll see that as a um, you'll see it as like oh, not an investment you're not really willing to do. But if you are long, if you if you genuinely like are like you do have a long term approach and you do think cultures like you see the value in culture, then you I think it's like an absolute no-brainer it's almost like prevention instead of cure right it's 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 a no-brainer to invest into getting you know subsidizing um university fees or go making trips doing like more social bits so it's not just kind of that skin deep it's like it is it's deep um that's what i'd say like the investment into maybe a person who can help plan people's like you know doing a business plan or a personal plan for someone for 12 months so they know okay well in this in this season yes there are these rugby goals i want to do this and this but there are also these off-field goals and we need to be hitting this by this you know make it realistic but having someone plan uh an athlete's sort of future is something i think is 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 mad and so beneficial final question what's your grand plan for the next five years Five years. That's that's quite. I've done like a eighteen month sort of, uh, I guess, personal business plan, personal plan. Um, but I think next five years, I'd love to. We'd love to build up four or five. Uh, we're in, like I said, we're in Bet Tesco's boots. We've got a number of other retailers we're launching into. Uh, I'd love to build that up um, to a, a a good enough place to to either merge or, or exit. Um, or, or like definitely be involved for the future, but you know take somewhat of a back step at some point in the next three to five years um yeah i don't know there's like I, I, there's loads of stuff i want to do that, you know it's clearly stuff like traveling all those sort of bits which you get quite confined when you can't do when you're playing sport um because it's quite hard to plan um but yeah I, i'd say work graft quite hard on the business get that to a place where we're, we're, we're dead happy judging by that there'll be plenty of material for future podcasts as well easy Sign him up. <laughs> <laughs> George, thank you very much for your time today. Cheers. Thanks for having me.